welcome to Tabuk, a podcast about banned and controversial children's books. I'm Adriana. And I'm Maria. What are we talking about today? Today's episode is about The Giver, which was published in 1993. Oh, no, I have um, not. And by 1994, it had won a Newbery Medal, a Regina Medal, in 1996, it won the William Allen White Award. So we can tell it came with a bang. Everyone loved it. Yeah, it sounds really, it sounds so popular. Okay, what's the Regina Medal? I've never heard of that. So the Regina Medal, I Googled it because I was also very confused by this. It is a literary award conferred annually by the Catholic Library Association. Wow, I didn't know they had mm-hmm. an award. That's so fascinating. Huh. Um it recognizes one living person for continued distinguished contribution to children's literature without regard to the nature of the contribution. Okay, that's I'm, that's kind of a shady um little ad at the end right. there, but okay. <laughs> okay, so so, like, across the spectrum, this book was, like, hailed as something really good. Yeah, it was well-received, even by Catholics, you know? Like, so The Giver, I don't know if you've read it before. I have not. It, though it, it was a kind of, like, a staple of, like, 90s school libraries. I definitely, I saw it around. Yeah, yeah. I did read it when I was, like, 16, okay. which was too old for <laughs> it, but I still read it. Um, it's basically a dystopian book written before dystopia was coined as like the term for these books. Oh. But um, it's the story of an 11 turning 12 year old boy called Jonas who lives in this futuristic society run by a group called the Elders. And mm. the Elders decide everything for everyone. They decide what job you're doing who you'll get married to, and who your kids will be because you get assigned to. Um, And they do this according to everyone's interests and abilities. So they choose people like, oh, you're the best for this job, and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your Mm. life. I feel like uh, it sounds logical, but I can see some flaws in this, perhaps. (laughs) Well, well, the, the main flaw is everyone is equal, but there are no individuals. Everyone has to follow the same rules all the time. And there's like very weird specific rules. Like you're forced to apologize every single time for anything. And people are forced to accept your apology. So you're supposed to be like, oh, I apologize for this. And then the other person has to be like, oh, I accept your apology. Oh. And that's just like one of the rules of their society. Yeah. Huh. Okay. This is like niche but kind of like a wrinkle in time which also shows this like perfect society but it's actually just super kind of like fascist and there's no individualism and that was written during the sort of anti-communist kind of red scare moment in American history where people were really concerned about the implications of this kind of top-down this is what you have to do there's this sort of discourse you know, that that is a potential way of life and we need to, like, fight back against it. Uh, not, not saying that it's, like, anti-communist propaganda, but just that, like, when people were thinking about what a terrible society would be like 
it was very easy to pull from mm. what they've heard about communism and the horrors that it could perpetrate. Well, not to be really 1984 about this, but <laughs> I feel like um, before the 2000s, maybe, like most dystopia was based on people's fear of communism. So I feel like that makes sense to me. Like, yeah, like everyone is just like, but there might be a society that's worse than the one you live in. What if they didn't let you choose? <laughs> so the main thing about this society is there are no colors and no emotions. Like everyone sees in black and white and it's normal. Everyone knows this. And no one actually feels anything. There's no words to describe emotions. So like the beginning of the book is Jonas trying to describe that he feels really anxious about this ceremony where he's going to be given his job, but he doesn't really have a word for it. So he's like trying to describe it, but he's like, oh, but everything's fine. Everything's perfect Mm -hmm. because everything is always perfect here, but it's not actually. The main problem with this society is that there's this thing called release and release is something that happens to people when they are too old, too frail, too weak. Um, when they make too many mistakes at their job, it's also something you can ask for if you don't want to like live here anymore. Obviously as a person living in the real world, it is very obviously a euphemism Mm -hmm. for killing these people. Okay. Euthanasia. Yeah. In this world, Jonas is just like, oh, they get sent somewhere else. Oh. They go live in a farm <laughs> yeah. upstate. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's what he thinks. And the whole plot of the book is like, that's the tipping point. When he finds out that release is actually euthanasia. And he's like, oh. what? Oh, yeah. So Jonas gets given this job called The Receiver. It's a very special job, very important. Only a few people can do it. Like, I think it has something to do with, like, your eye color. Like, your eye color has to be, like, light for you to be able to do this job. I don't know. It's, it's like, it's okay. like a Okay, slightly problematic, Louis Lowry. Okay. So Jonas is chosen to do this job because the receiver is the person who holds all the memories for this society. They hold all... All joy, all pain, all war, all poverty, all happiness, all of everything is in the receiver. Like they know everything. Nobody else does. So they keep all of these things so that people don't have to suffer um, because of their knowledge of these things. Because Jonas has, well, because the receiver has all the memories For society, nobody else has to, like, feel Hmm. anything. Only the receiver does, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, what a a burden, I guess. Yeah, and and that's, like, a main thing. Like, Jonas and the other receiver who turns into the giver because he's giving Jonas the memories. Oh, okay. Um, It's like a Jedi thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this weird thing (laughs) where the memories can only be held by one person at a time. So, like, the giver gives Jonas the memories and then he doesn't remember them, but mm. Jonas has them. Mm. And so okay. the whole book is him and Jonas, like, talking about how people don't want to be burdened and how heavy of a job it is to be the sole receiver. Because the the giver is, like, 80 years old and he's been alone with those memories since he was right. 12. Okay. Yeah. 
So he's he's just like hmm. suffered for a really long time. And then the book ends with apparently something that I didn't realize when I read it. It ends with Jonas dying. Oh, oh. I did not I, yeah, right. it's it's like it's not oh my, explicit oh in the book. Um, so I didn't realize he was dying, but apparently this is the end of the book. He takes a baby that his family has been taking care of that's about to be released. And he's like, no, no more uh, people to be released. No mm-hmm. more. And so he takes the baby and escapes into the night. And apparently he dies. I did not realize this when I was young. I was like... This ending is so weird because he finds elsewhere that has color and has music and has like happiness and joy. And like now I realize is like very obvious. But I was just like, oh, he found another community strangely close (laughs) by to his own community. They're they're just like 20 minutes away from each other. What what is happening? But yeah, that was just me being dumb. I think that's just like a walkable city. It's fine. Wow. So I guess, I mean, with him dies all the memories. That's... That's the thing. So before Jonas, there was another girl who was being trained to be the receiver. This girl trained for like five weeks. So not really long because Jonas trained for like a year Mm. before he realized things were off. Yeah. (laughs) So what does that say about him? Who knows? But this girl, she trained... And then after five weeks, mm-hmm. she asked to be released. Mm-hmm. And when she is, all of these memories, like, go back into the world and everyone <gasps> receives them. Ooh. And so the world was chaos for a while. And supposedly the receiver, the giver, was supposed to help everyone. But he was, like, so distraught over the death of this girl that he had, like, trained and everything that he just didn't care and so the world was just chaos for a little while oh that's interesting Mm -hmm. okay so and so now her name is banned no one can ever reuse it no one can ever say her name out loud ever again Uh. like she's she's banned from existence from memory (laughs) god because she caused other people suffering right by giving them these memories yeah by releasing the memories back it's an interesting book in the context of things being banned because it does sound like it's about like the control of information like oh no you can't you can't have the memories because they would make you upset um so even if it's like good for humanity to know about things like wars it like no you you can't it's just it's not for you but not even the elders know about these things like the people who control Mm -hmm. everything who have the rules everything they don't know either which sounds like how would they like then why are they the elders they don't have any more wisdom than anyone else like they they know exactly the same amount of things that sounds like the people who try to ban books they haven't read I mean, I'm just drawing parallels here. (laughs) So this book has been part of the American Library Association's most frequently challenged and banned books list between 1990 and 1999 and between 2000 and 2009. Quite a while. Yeah. In the 90s, it was 11th place. And then in the 2000s, it was 23rd. So top 25 since it's come out, mm. this book is mostly challenged because of violence and because it's it's unsuited 
to the age group, which just means that it's too dark for children, according to people. That's such an objective thing. I, I mean, I, I do feel like you can talk about pretty much any topic in children's books as long as you do it well. And the younger the age group, the more skill you need to discuss certain difficult topics. So supporters of the book counter every criticism by arguing that exposing children to these social issues will make them think more analytically about government and like personal choice, about relationships, about how important it is that everyone gets to like be their own person. Mm -hmm. And people who are against it mostly complain about the fact that Lowry never explains that suicide is not the solution to <laughs> life's problems. Because like she she does talk about this girl who like euthanizes herself. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing that that's like mentioned after that is that the giver was really sad. But like she never mentions that, oh, actually, maybe this shouldn't have happened. Like she's just like author's yeah. note. Suicide is wrong. Anyway, back to the story. Um, like fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. New chapter soon. FYI, these are not my views. Yeah, That seems to be a problem with. A lot of people who want to ban books is that they do think that like literally everything an author writes is is what they want to be true and that the books are like instruction manuals for life. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, people claim that the book encourages suicide because of the scenes where newborns and elderly are released because they're not going to make yeah. it anymore. But like... It's that's what we should be yeah. discussing and questioning this disregard for human life by this right. dystopian future society. That's exactly the point. It sounds like this is a society where people are defined by what they can contribute, like their jobs are chosen for them and that is who they are. And so if they can't contribute something worthwhile, then they are chosen to be killed. And that's that's not good. <laughs> like this, no one's saying that's good. <laughs> But also, that's kind of our society as well. Think about it. I know. Parents. I know. Like, in this society, it's not like, oh, the government is going to kill you if you don't have a job and aren't, like, good enough. But, like, if you mm-hmm. don't have a job or anyone to, like, help you out, yeah, they're just going <laughs> to let you die on the streets and they don't really care. Yeah. So we're going to start talking about all of the times this book has been challenged because there have been many, many times. Okay. Um, basically, the the main reason, like blanket reasons, this book has been challenged is because it mentions sex when Lowry describes some pills that people have to take to like kill their libido. Oh. So like every single day, once you're 12, you start taking these pills and like for the rest of your life, you just take one of the pills oh. daily. And that's like a government-issued pill that everyone has to take every single day so that they don't feel, you know, horny. Government anti-horny pill. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Then um, infanticide, because they do kill a newborn Mm. in the book. Like, this does happen. This is how, like, this is the turning scene for Jonas because he sees his father, who is, like, a person who has been tasked with, like, taking care of newborns, he sees him 
release a newborn baby. Oh my god. Yeah. That is and he, I mean that is fairly dark that it's his own dad. Yeah, he's he's his life has been changed. He hates everyone. He hates his dad. He's like why didn't he ever right. tell me that he was like killing babies? And the mm-hmm. giver's like because he doesn't think of it that way. He thinks of it as sending them to the farm. And he's just like, my dad is dumb. What a relatable teen moment. So the first notable case for banning this book was in 1994. So just one year after it had been published Mm -hmm. in California, where parents complained of violent and sexual passages resulting in a temporary book ban. Just like temporary. Okay, but the sexual passages are just... The anti-horny pills, right? Yeah. Personally, I don't remember any scenes in this book where they're like, yeah, sex. Like, no, it's just like, right. Like Jonas doesn't even know. He's just like, oh, these are the pills I have to take. But he he like doesn't know. Like, he's just like, yeah, everyone Mm. takes them. Mm. Then in 1995, we have multiple people in multiple states just arguing against this book. So we have... Parents in Montana challenging the book due to infanticide and euthanasia. And so after that, school required parental permission to read it. Then in Kansas, they challenged it for themes of murder, suicide, and the degradation of motherhood and adolescence. Oh my gosh. (laughs) How does it degrade motherhood? (laughs) So like... Because nobody is ever horny in the society, I guess, like nobody wants to reproduce. So they have this job called birth mother, which women are assigned to. I'm just going to read a passage where this job is described just so you can see like how degrading it really is. Mm. A female named Inger received her assignment as birth mother. Jonas remembered that his mother had called it a job without honor, but he thought that the committee had chosen well. Inger was a nice girl, though somewhat lazy, and her body was strong. She would enjoy the three years of being pampered that would follow her brief training. She would give birth easily and well, and the task of laborer that would follow would use her strength, keep her healthy, and impose self-discipline. Anger was smiling when she resumed her seat. Birth mother was an important job, if lacking in prestige. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so basically, when this child is 15, hmm. she's going to start birthing babies. And then after that, I think she sort of just, like, turns into someone who does, like, menial labor. And that's it. That's no reward. Also, like, sorry, where are they getting the sperm for these birth mothers? Like... No, no man has been chosen for the job of sperm donor. So, like, where is this oh. coming from? Uh, oh God, it's the it's the elders, isn't it? Like, <laughs> oh, no! like, <laughs> <laughs> save her, save all the birth mothers, please. It's it's very Handmaid's Tale adjacent, actually, isn't it? And it is very degrading, if not to motherhood, but to women, like. That is true. But I think that any oppressive society, any dystopian society Mm. will oppress women. Like, sorry. Yeah, they will. 
Um, so in Kansas, <laughs> the book was eventually removed from school libraries, but it remained available for use at teacher's discretion. So like, it was still there, just in the like restrict restricted section of the library yeah okay i mean that makes it sound really glamorous but they are making it more difficult to get aren't they it's like firstly through your parents then through a teacher only yeah Mm. then in missouri the charges were that the giver desensitized children to euthanasia so obviously Mm. you read this book and you're actually completely Mm. fine with just like people (laughs) being euthanized all the time you're like, you know what? Like, I've read this before. Go ahead. Euthanize everyone. Just another jaded, cynical child who's read The Giver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then God. in New York, a parent publicly objected to the usage of mind control, selective breeding, and the eradication of the old and young when they are weak, feeble, and of no more use. That's the point. So like... He's objecting to the ideas of the book. Like, that's exactly what you should be objecting to. You should not agree with any of this. Like the one brain cell read the book, understood the basic concept and was like, I think this is bad. Yeah, like, like, yeah, it is bad. That is the point. In 1999, it was challenged in both Ohio and Florida by parents because of infanticide euthanasia sexuality and suicide so just like all of them they found their lane and then strangely (laughs) strangely enough this book keeps being challenged into the 2000s so like in 2001 in colorado a father challenged this book because he believed those types of books sow the seeds of school shootings <gasps> by encouraging suicide and disregard for human life. <laughs> this book does not even have guns. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this book about a boy discovering actually that life is valuable will cause school shootings that's that's just the way it is we are in like the iceberg of unhinged takes we we have reached what i hope is the bottom after a long debate the book was kept in the school oh my god in 2005 it was challenged in missouri when parents called the book lewd and twisted lewd and twisted and they okay. demanded that the work be removed from the eighth grade reading lists across the district that that just makes it sound really cool and glamorous again also you're 14 in eighth grade right yeah this book is is very acceptable for 14 year olds like lewd and twisted like i've i've read worse yeah yeah, yeah by 14 you've you've read the internet. You've read Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Where's the respect for human life there? Where's the respect for motherhood? So the Office for Intellectual Freedom maintains a database of attempts to remove books from schools. It's not exact because it only has those reported in the media or submitted to them by individuals. But since 1990, they've they've recorded over 11,000 separate instances of what they call challenges. Um, And for the giver, 
less than one third of all of those challenges have resulted in a removal. And just to round this out, Lois Lowry has answered a question on her official website on what she thinks about banning books, specifically because a young reader asked her, um, she told her that a parent in their school wants to ban The Giver and asked for Lowry's opinion. And Lowry replied, I think banning books is a very, very dangerous thing. It takes away an important freedom. Anytime there is an attempt to ban a book, you should fight it as hard as you can. It's okay for a parent to say, I don't want my child to read this book, but it is not okay for anyone to try to make that decision for other people. The world portrayed in The Giver is a world where choice has been taken away. It is a frightening world. Let's work hard to keep it from truly happening. She she said it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... What do you think? Are you going to read The Giver? I actually really want to now. I do think these parents have hyped it up a little bit. Like, they made it sound very, very cool. A book that's been repeatedly banned for like two decades. Surely it's got something going for it. (laughs) Thank you for joining me today as I rant about The Giver. Yeah, thanks for joining us. If you would like to join us in our pursuit of lewd and twisted, lewd and twisted books through the ages, we upload podcasts every Wednesday. We're also on TikTok and Instagram as tebook underscore pod. Yes. Have a wonderful week. See ya. You just scream that. It's going to be like, if you're good as well. Lewd and twisted! Children's literature.